www.thepressbox.org. Wake up with the Press Box with Granny and Bischoff. Weekday mornings at 7 on ESPN Las Vegas. KWWN in Las Vegas. In the morning, when you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the Press Box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Suns beat the Pelicans 112-97 last night. It's a 3-2 series lead for Phoenix. Were we too quick to claim Brandon Ingram was the best player in the series? We probably were. Uh, 22 on 7 of 19 shooting. Um, is Miles Bridges the best player in the series? <laughs> he was Man, yesterday. Man, he was good yesterday. 31. Yeah, Chris Paul uh, had 22 and 11, scored more than four Chris points. Chris Paul had more in points in like six seconds than he did in the previous <laughs> game. And he, I think it was Reggie. Reggie even said that. He goes, well, he's already got more than he did the last game. Uh, so the Suns just need to win one of the last two games to advance to the second round where they would get the winner of Dallas and Utah. Dallas is up 3-2 at the moment as well. I assume they'll get that, but do you think it goes seven? Does New Orleans get another one? I think it might go seven. I think I kind of I think I, I think it feel I think if I have a feeling they're going to go home and win cuz I'm not 100% convinced that Phoenix is good enough without Devin Booker yeah. to just go in and it's it's no doubt they win that game. So I'm I'm thinking it goes 7 and I think we might be talking in 2 days or something that oh Brandon Ingram is he the best player in the series <laughs> exactly. again cuz he had 32. <laughs> Helps if I have the thing turned on. He's battling his blooming onion off. Mark Emmert will step down oh. as president Aww. of the NCAA in June of 2023. Legend at the uh, bank. Does anybody like him? No, not that I know of. Entire NCAA, entire college athletics. No, given his his you know his different disciplines of schools, uh, completely inconsistent uh, decisions he's made. I don't know anyone who likes Mark Emmert. I assume. His contract runs through 2023. When I saw that yesterday that uh, he was going to step down, I gave a little golf clap. But then I said, wait a minute, he's going to be around through June of 2023. Why doesn't he go now? Except I, I assume his contract might be up then. Or that would probably they're thinking, make sense. they're thinking that it's going to take that long to really name someone as his replacement because this will go through the red tape of committees like you don't yeah. you don't even want to want to know about how many committees yeah. are going to have a say in this. The interesting part about being the president of the NCAA is – we kind of, like I maybe I only do, but I feel like I at least compare it to commissioners of professional sports leagues. But there's two main problems with that comparison. One, I don't know if the NCAA actually has that much control over its sport, unlike the commissioners of the professional sports league. And number two, usually the owners at least like the commissioner because the commissioner is basically representing the owners and doing what they want. Doing what they want to make more money. None of the schools seem to like Mark Emmert. Like, at least like fans or players might hate commissioners. But generally speaking, the owners are like, that guy's looking out for us, so I like him. He's the public whipping boy for decisions we want to make. But Mark Emmert, I, nobody likes him because I, I don't think it's not the same as a commissioner. Well, and he doesn't so have he, control over the most important right. sport. Yeah, and so it's just it's just always a, a fun uh, and that gets blown up right away because nobody likes the president of the NCAA. The groins aren't very good usually. 
UNLV is hiring Barrett Peary as an assistant coach. Uh, he spent last season at Texas Tech. He was the Portland State head coach for the prior four years. Um, got fired after four years there. So Kevin Kruger has finished out his assistant coaching staff, assuming nobody else leaves in the offseason because assistant coaches are leaving at the same rate that guys are going to the transfer portal. But cheating. Terrence Shannon is in the transfer portal from Texas Tech. He's a 6'6 guard that averaged 10 points per game last year. You know he's got to get him with Barrett Perry, right? Yeah. Barrett's got to bring him along with him. That's just the whole one of the whole ideas of nowadays of getting uh, assistant coaches is who can you bring with you? Right? Bring him with 10 what? points per game in the Big 12 while being 6 foot 6. I you got to you got to get that guy. Whose well, dad do we need to hire? Yeah, uh, we got to go look at recruiting rankings like a couple years out, off, Jared. Okay, we need to hire some dads though. That's gotta, how you. That's how you get some guys. Top hundred player in twenty twenty three. Yeah, the yeah you got it. You got to go find that. You actually have to go find the the dad who has like a junior in high school right now, but his younger brother who's a freshman <laughs> yes. is like gonna be the number one recruit in the country. That's what you got to go do. Let, Marvin Menzies kind of tried to do, or that in some a instances, a top five NBA pick here in a little in, in about a month. Did you just come up with a <laughs> fake name? Well, who? No. <laughs> it sounded like... What did we do? <laughs> no. Who did you say? Hardy's brother. Oh, Hardy. Okay. Okay, okay. yes. Yeah. Yes. He's going to be like okay. a top five pick. Did you say Jaden Hardy? <laughs> no, I mumbled. Uh, okay. The top of the uh, brother. Because <laughs> I thought you just made up a player. No, 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 no. No, stumbling. But it, Hardy's brother's going to be top five pick. Marvin did a lot of... Hey, I'm gonna get the older brother, and then the younger brother's better, yeah. and it just never worked out that way. You got a Maury Hardy, Joel Tomboy had a younger yeah, brother who's who's really good. Jay Green, um, yeah, Jay Green yeah. had a younger brother who's really good. Yeah, he he did it a lot. Didn't ever get the the good. Never brother, got the good one. <laughs> he got the he got the second brother. The Las Vegas Review Journal. Did you see the Twins walk off win over the Tigers yesterday? He, he doesn't I, like baseball. He likes on, the Dodgers. No, click I like the, baseball. Click I'm, I'm, the okay, link in I'm the clicking, rundown. I'm clicking it. And you can watch it. And give us give us your live reaction to okay. this. All it's right. one out, runners or one out, one out runners, runners on first and second. Right field bottom muffs of the, the catch. Picks the ball up. Rounding up, oh, rounding third. He stops. Oh, then the then the throw. Bad throw. Catcher right. Scott's going into left field. It has to be. Someone's going into left field. Yep. Into left field. <laughs> <laughs> and a two runner score. That is a that is a ridiculously amazing walk off. So one out, runners on first and second. Miguel Sano's at the plate. He hits a line drive to right field. Robbie Grossman it's hits his glove. He could have caught it. Yes, Not exactly an easy no, catch, but, it's but he probably should have caught it. Doesn't catch it. Because it looked like he was going to catch it, the runners on first and second didn't exactly take off. So when the throw comes back in. There's a runner on third, and there's a runner on second, and Miguel Sano is rounding first base. But for some reason, both Miguel Sano and the runner that was on first keep running to the next base despite the runner on third standing there. So now the Tigers are like, uh-oh, we're going to get a double play here and get out of this inning. But the catcher throws it into left field, and both runners come around to score. Yeah, he gets him in a run down, he throws it into left field. Right, and they end up winning the game by a single run on a two on a two run error by the catcher trying to throw it about seventy feet down to third base. It, it's like a little league game, aside from yes, the guy that yes. hit it one hundred and seven miles yes. an hour off the bat. It's, it's a basically league. how it's a, a little, little league, league game. game ends. Yes. 
Wow. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. The Giants could trade Kadarius Tony. He was the 20th overall pick last year out of Florida. Um, he had a interesting 2021. He had multiple injuries. Uh, he had one that was from him wearing the wrong size cleats. He did not show up to a voluntary offseason program last year. He tested positive for COVID-19 more than once. Uh, he ended up playing in 10 games, despite all of that. Only caught 39 passes for 420 yards. Did not catch a touchdown. First round pick last year. The Giants have new coach, new GM. So it's a it's a new regime there. But first round pick with that many sort of non-on-field related problems. And then on-field, he wasn't even that much. It wasn't even that productive. What are you getting for that guy? Are you trading a first round um, pick a year later for a third? I think there should be a rule that it has to start with a fifth if you don't know what size cleats you have. <laughs> If this guy didn't know what size cleats he had after playing football his whole life, then how can he even get back a third? If, I, if I'm another team, I'm like, look, I'm going to give you a fifth. We're going to size his shoes right when he gets in here, and we're going to hope he can play. I need to – I need. To, I guess I need to look that story up and see if there was more detail on it because did he not know what size shoe he wore or did the team give him the wrong size shoe? I'm very Well, at some point, he either had to measure or tell them, right? He had to, I mean, hey, you know, what size shoe do you wear? You know, 12s. And I would think, <laughs> you know, the Giants equipment room are smart enough to give him size 12 shoes. Here we go. Uh, Tony tweaked his right foot. Oh, this was during the first day of rookie minicamp, which he attributed to his cleat being the wrong sized. Um he briefly took his shoe off and ran routes with a bare foot because. <laughs> All right. This guy's getting a seventh back. This guy's, this guy's not. No, nice. I like that. I like the. You're uh, moving up to I, a second. Yeah. Yeah. I like, moving up to a second. I, I like the. Eh, these, these, these shoes aren't working. Let me just take them off. Let's see. He, he, he was quoted in the New York daily news. I think it was just the wrong size. They're figuring that out right now. I do whatever it takes, you know, but I probably I probably have done that before, to be honest. I don't remember. It's just me. That's the dog mentality. He's had the wrong oh, the shoe dog size mentality. Ooh, that oh, bumps him up. Rough, rough. Oh, man. So, yeah. Dog they, mentality. The, Jared's, Jared's giving up two first-round picks to get the guy who <laughs> practiced without a shoe on. I think and that's right. And multiple COVID uh... I, th <laughs> I think you only give up the seventh round, yeah. Jared. I think Ed's the better general manager here. <laughs> Shove it in. All right, this happened two days ago, but the Patriots traded their fifth round pick to the Texans and got a sixth and a seventh round back. Why? I don't know because, why. Because because they're like or looking at the yeah. draft and they're yes. going, eh, I, we could get we could get basically yeah. the same thing. Yeah, because it's a. Uh, 10 through 120 is this yeah. exact same kid. So they're like, hey, we get two of these guys. But why Why are they doing this on like a Monday or a Tuesday? This is like a Saturday during the draft you make the trade. And they're trying to catch up with their guy, Dave Ziegler. Like, look what like Ziegler's how doing over here. I, I guess how confident in their draft board are they that they know when they pick in the fifth round, none of the players no. they like are going to be there. Can you imagine if they had that? I'm sure they all have that, like, patterned out to like the sixth and seventh round, which but would you, just be complete minutia. I right. mean, if you're saying Jimmy in the sixth round, we hope he's there. It's like, what? 
But you can't. I mean, listen. I mean, I know Mike Mayock's not drafting anymore, but whoever the Patriots want in the sixth round, they might. The Raiders might have taken him in the first round if Mike Mayock was still around. So, well, that's they know that now. They're like uh, Mayock. <laughs> we, we can load up on the late picks because Mike Mayock won't steal them from us. So I just, it's such a, it's, it's a, it's again, it's a trade. You'll see, it's going to happen during the draft. Somebody's going to trade out of the fifth round and just get some later picks or whatever. But, like, to do it, like, four days in advance is just funny because, like, how do you know what's happening in the fifth round to do that already? Bishy, bishy. All right. We had a couple of UNLV football stories that we missed earlier in the week. Aiden Robbins is transferring to UNLV. He was a Louisville running back, had seven carries, though, over two seasons, didn't play a whole lot. Mm. Ed, how confident are you in UNLV replacing Charles Williams, who was basically their entire offense. I don't think, I don't know if it's going to be Aiden, Ro- Aiden Robbins, but I do think it's someone out of the portal. I don't think their starter was in spring. They're, okay. Their so, second leading rusher stepped out back. of the. Yeah, he's, he's back, back, Jared. He's back. Doug Brumfield's yeah. back. Number yeah. two leading rusher so is you back. Just slot oh. him in. Slot him in at the running back position? Yeah. <laughs> and you got that kid from Tennessee at quarterback. Is that I, how they got him back out of the portal? They said, wait a minute. What if we start you at running back? <laughs> there just, was a lot no, of communication. Said, you're going to start. <laughs> yes, exactly. Not, we're not going to tell you where, but you're going to start. Um, I don't think he was in spring, so maybe this is Aiden Robbins. Maybe there's more kids out of the portal that he's trying to get as a running back. But um, I don't think they had their starter in spring. So another hot take for you. Hot take. I am very curious to see their offense. Obviously, you've got a potential new quarterback in Harrison Bailey, who we assume is going to take the job. It starts with him. How good is he going to be? Is he going to be the first like legitimately top-end Mountain West quarterback that UNLV has had? Or is he average or below average as a Mountain West quarterback? And UNLV is kind of in the same spot they've been for a long time. But beyond that, right, how much is the passing game going to be down the field versus just short stuff that Marcus Arroyo is trying to scheme up? And how important is it to have a sort of lead workhorse running back. Because if Arroyo's if, if, if Arroyo is a good offensive coordinator, they shouldn't need a workhorse Charles Williams type running back to be a good offense next year. They should be able to score even if their running back is not, you know, the best player on the offense. So I'm curious to see how good they are next year when you lose that running back, but conceivably should be able to score and replace the production with the passing game if you do have a good quarterback in Harrison Bailey. Coming up next, Sam and Ash join the show. Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Samandashlaw.com. Do we have both Sam and Ash? We do. We do. We do. Uh We We are both here. Here we go. (laughs) What a great day. What a great day. All right. We we have some fun stories today. Um, The first one I found very humorous. Uh, The Red Wings had a Zamboni driver that they fired earlier this season. Al Sabotka had been a a Zamboni driver for the Red Wings for 50 years, and he got fired after he was caught peeing down a drain in the Red Wings arena. But he is now suing the Red Wings for discrimination because his lawyer says he has a health condition that causes him to frequently urinate, and he simply couldn't get to a restroom so he peed down a drain that carries ice runoff away from the Zambonis. Uh, his lawyer said that he thought no one was in the building and that he was given no warning and no second chance after peeing in a drain. Can you be discriminated against if you simply can't hold your bladder? Yes. I've, it's okay. a medical condition. Wow. I mean, I, 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 th- I think so. Now, and 
I think the other part of this is I, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, I do. And by the way, he's, what was he, 50 years in the job? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, that doesn't speak for anything. What I think is going on is the guy was getting long in the tooth. You know, he's getting like a little bit older. And they were like, how are we, how do we get rid of him without having to pay him his pension without, hey, hey this guy's getting older. Maybe he's going to need more breaks. It's really what I think it's a pretextual firing. It's really an age discrimination case potentially. So, I, I mean, I, I think this guy's got, if he has a good lawyer, uh, he has a way forward on this. Can the Red Wings come back and sue him for indecency? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, if someone did see it, so arguably that person could sue. But I don't think that's the case that's going to happen. Sam's rolling his eyes at me right now. <laughs> look, I, I agree with Sam. I they were looking for a way out. I don't know if it was discrimination. Also, for it to be a medical issue or anything like that, he needed to have requested accommodations of some sort. Uh, he needed to tell his employer, look, I have this medical condition. I need some sort of accommodation so that I can use the restroom, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know if that occurred here. Uh, so it's you can't hold the Red Wings accountable for knowing about this medical condition or providing any sort of accommodation that they didn't know about existed so i don't know would he story. also have to have some sort of like doctor's note that says hey i i have to go to the bathroom all the time that yes that would help okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not just hey him saying i have to go to the bathroom an actual doctor that says it yeah you know <laughs> what do you mean like a midwife saying it or a, you know <laughs> or a veterinarian well, I, if yeah it, I if mean, it goes to a lawsuit uh, can't they bring the doctor in well, yeah, that's of course that would happen. It would be that'd be that'd be an issue. I, I'm just again, I, I see somebody with a 50 year work history, and 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 one thing like this. So the the questions I have are: Were there in fact other warnings? He claims that there were not. Um, were there other issues, other performance related or judgment related issues? Uh, I, we don't know that. So there there are a number of unanswered questions. I just see you know a couple articles about this, but. Uh, but, you know, if it really was just he had to go, note or no note, he had to go. He went in the drain. He thought nobody was, he thought no one was in the building. He was there, you know, after hours. He went into a freaking drain. Um, this is not, this is not a federal case. So when they, when they, if they really did fire him for it, I always think, I always think, what was there any other unstated reason for that termination, right? Are they using this as an excuse? Is it pretext? And that's what we as lawyers have to do. All right. Well, we're gonna press box transition from the peen <laughs> to Jerry West, the great Jerry press West. Press box transition. transition. The uh, great Jerry West. HBO has had this uh, this show, Winning Time. Uh, son never misses at home. The great Jerry West, not happy with how he's been portrayed, said he and uh, coaches and teammates looked like they were cartoon characters. He's demanding a retraction and apology. HBO is saying this is not a documentary. He's not presented as such. One thing I was really interested in this is one of the questions we have down here. If, if people are portrayed in a semi-fictional TV show, do you have to sign over the right, or can, I just, can, can we just, uh, you know, the press box direct the TV show, take uh, whoever we want and portray them how we want, or do people need to sign off on it? Because I thought that was an interesting question here as to what kind of, you know, what is Jerry West allowed to do? 
Well, if you intend to make a fictional TV show about Rocky, Ed, uh, yes, uh, yes, well, then, then uh, I will, I will vigorously yes. uh, represent him in his intellectual uh, property rights. You haven't seen the script yet. So the the uh, my understanding of this is loosely that you you if it's if it's a if it's commentary, right? If it's commentary, if it's a spoof, if it's um, if even a documentary, you 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 can you can do that all. Uh, without the participation of the public person, right? Hmm. Um, but there are, but then if you, where people sell their rights to uh, their story, for example, they're giving their participation, they're selling their participation and their the green knowledge, their knowledge, right? Their personal, yeah. like if somebody does a story about you, Ed, right? They, they might only know what they know from the outside, but if they get you to participate in it, we'll get to know a whole lot more. For example, we could do a ride-along uh, with you, you know, as we go around, <laughs> around Vegas, you know, we could learn <laughs> <gonna> extensive <laughs> driving habits. It's going to be a short show. <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have me in the back seat, I'll tell you that. But Sam, Sam is absolutely right. If you're doing a documentary or you're portraying a person and you're doing it with or without their they're okay or they're licensed you have to base it in fact because you have to be able to at any point go my storyline is based on truth if you want to take artistic liberties which hbo says they did and that's why when you turn on winning time there's a disclaimer at the beginning saying this is based on true stories but some of the characters and events have been fictionalized that's what jerry west has a problem with he's saying look you didn't change my name you didn't change any of my like looks or appearance and yet you're taking a lot of artistic liberties and so the viewer doesn't know what's real and what's not real and as a result my personal character is being damaged that's a problem and netflix could or hbo could face legal issues if that warning is deemed insufficient to protect jerry west from any damage to his character so do you think he would ultimately have a case though? Like who would win if this went to court? Who would you think would end up coming out on top? Well, I haven't seen Winning Time, but it sounds like he has a case. And right now Netflix is actually facing a lawsuit for uh, the Queen's Gambit, a character, mm. oh, you know, yeah. like a chess character was portrayed very negatively. And the Queen's Gambit is, a judge is allowing that defamation case to go forward based on the lack of changes and potential inadequacy of the warning. So I think defamation laws are changing producers on these TV shows are being held to a little bit higher standard when it comes to this so I think he might have a case to go forward and the reality though is what kind I haven't seen the show so I don't know how much damage has really been done to Jerry West's character oh man well they God. yeah they make him out to look like a real loon Pat they Pat do? Riley has a bigger case than yeah. <laughs> Jerry West <laughs> I mean does he Pat Riley's always been kind of portrayed as a kind of a crazy guy yeah, Pat Riley begging for his job to Chick Hearn. Chick Hearn doesn't come off great. Uh, John C. Riley is, um, as uh, uh, Jerry Buss, by far the best thing you'll see. And I'm a little bummed about the Queen's Gambit, by the way, because I love that show. I, it was great, but was so great. do I. Do we have to watch Winning Time? Is it? A, are you guys recommending um, it? Is it getting a press box two yeah. thumbs up? I have never no, seen it. Uh, no. Uh, no doy. No boy. No. It's glowing reviews from your side no. over there, watch guys. The, watch yeah, the he watches every episode. Watch the Tark episode. The Tark episode is worth yeah. it just because it's interesting, but for the most part, eh. Tarkanian? You mean because it's relevant to us? Well, yeah, because it's relevant okay. to Las Vegas. That's it. about it. And a, okay. and a guy dies and is found in the back of a car. Yeah. yeah. That's very always, Vegas. That's always there yeah. you go. Yeah, it happens. Um, all right. <laughs> Last story. Uh, Mike Tyson. 
Yes. Was on an airplane. <laughs> and was there a tiger? <laughs> no. Well, he acted like one. He <laughs> might have punched the tiger in the face too. So the story from at least what we've seen, the videos, TMZ had some videos here. He's on a plane. There's a guy behind him. The guy behind him is bothering him, continually trying to talk to him or at him, I guess. Uh, Mike Tyson did say that he did take a picture with the guy, that he did say hello to the guy, but apparently the guy didn't stop. Mike Tyson apparently asked him to sort of like, hey, leave me alone. And when the guy did not, Mike Tyson turned around and pummeled him for quite a bit, uh, punching him in the face. We've talked to you guys a lot about, hey, there's unless you're like, unless you're being threatened, you can't just inflict violence on people. So I imagine Mike Tyson is the one that's the most in the wrong here. But is anything going to happen to Mike Tyson? Because it doesn't seem like anything well, is. Well, first of all, we've always been right about that, right? It's, it's so so you're not mischaracterizing my past position on this. But <laughs> right. in this particular instance, <laughs> Mike Tyson is all of us. <laughs> we have all been on a plane where some drunk high idiot is do is obnoxious, is loud, is in our face. Probably, I mean, I saw all the videos leading up to this, all of them that are publicly available, and I I tell this guy, it wasn't just he was in his face; he was clearly on something. He was being, uh, I mean, he was he was getting he was looked like he was touching Mike Tyson or trying to get near him and putting like taking his head over the top of Mike Tyson's seat and putting his head like right up against his. I mean, this was this guy. I'm, I, look, does he have a case against Tyson? Yes. Maybe. Yes. OK, fine. He does. But he deserved every punch that he got. He was so punchable. I mean, look at this face. Look at that face. I know. He's punchable. Mike Tyson did the Lord's work. He really, <laughs> he really did. So I, I do not. The opening I, statement. I, yeah. I, I'm with My Mike. My client on this one. did the Lord's like work. Like Mike. Be like Mike. I'm, I'm with Mike on this one. Should every plane have Mike Tyson on it to handle? These <laughs> yeah, like instead of the Marshalls <laughs> program, we call it we call it the the Air Mike. Uh, Air Mike. Air Mikes. We just Air Mike. Uh, yeah, no one's charging a cockpit if Mike Tyson's up front. <laughs> so he well, can. So are... he can. He can. Real quick, he can file a lawsuit even though he was the instigator. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Tyson doesn't really have self defense claims here. So yeah, he could he could see a lawsuit coming his way. Well, they are Sam and Ash at SamandAshLaw.com. 702-820-1234 is the phone number. As always, we appreciate it, guys. Thanks, you guys. Oh, likewise. See Take you guys. care. <laughs> Those were good stories. Yeah, they were. The Mike Peen Tyson one is... To, is, to Jerry is West, good. to Mike Tyson pummeling somebody. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Jason Fitz joins the show, unless he's getting a tattoo with... He plays the fiddle and is friends with Sarah Spain. And you are not. It's time for our weekly visit with ESPN's Jason Fitz. Good morning, Jason. Hey, buddy. How, how's everybody doing today? We're great. Have you, uh, when you get in your tattoo with Max Crosby, has that already happened? Yeah, it's, it's on my arm, and I'm telling you, it looks delightful. And y'all, like, there was such a, a empowering moment for me when we were both getting work at the same time and he started to wince because I was trying to hold in every bomb I could <laughs> at one point. And I thought, well, you know what, if Max is like in the middle of one of his answers, he actually lost it a little bit. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel so much tougher right now because uh, it was it was a great idea in theory 
but there were definitely a few points in the interview that we're going to have to bleep out. So, you know, but amazing, amazing individual, amazing time. And I now have the NFL draft for the year 2022 on my right arm. And it, uh, it looks spectacular. Rank where this uh, lists in your interview history. Uh, by far the coolest, and uh, and, and even Max said, he's like, this is wild. I can't believe we're, we're getting a, a tattoo while we get interviewed. And I saw one of the producers I've known for a long time from game day uh, last night as uh, everybody from ESPN is arriving to town as we speak. And he was sitting there and said, is, is it real, the rumor that, that I heard? And I saw, I showed him, and he's like, only you would be stupid enough to get a tattoo. And I'm like, ah, anything for content. I, but it made for a great interview. It did exactly what I wanted to do. I thought, I thought it really... Uh, it let both of us just settle down and have like a real three hour conversation. I feel bad for our editing team that now has to put that into like snippets to play throughout the draft, but it is a, it was everything I wanted it to be. So for those of you who don't know, Jason Fitz did got a tattoo with Max Crosby while interviewing him. So where are we going to be able to see that? It'll be throughout the draft show you're doing, but will there be like a, a more full cuts that get puts out somewhere? Yeah. So there's going to be a long form cut that, uh, I'll tweet out and I'll send to you guys that uh, ESPN is going to put on YouTube like a 12-minute segment because they like so much of it. So, like, there'll be an actual bulk of it. But then also uh, it'll be snippets that are played throughout my shows, which will be on ESPN Digital, the ESPN app, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, we'll, we'll be live streaming um, through every pick of the first round and every pick of day two. So we'll be there for those two days. It'll play throughout there. And then uh, I'm, I'm betting that the TV side will play it uh, as we go into – I don't know, the fourth round would kind of make sense. So there'll be some of it there, but it'll also be put out snippets and social. So they're going to try and stretch the dough as much as they can with it to use it in as many places as possible, which makes me feel a little bit better about the pain of a three-hour tattoo. Uh, probably not a smart to ask someone who's covering the draft so extensively, but does this have to be one of the? Uh, does this have a chance to be one of the worst drafts in history? By far. And, oh, and, there you go. <laughs> glad I asked someone who's covering the draft extensively. I, look, I, I'm just going to be honest with you all, and like I, I – like even the Darren Waller uh, rumor stuff, which was just absolute BS. Like at some point you look at it and say, how desperate are we to drum up interest in a draft that I think historically we're going to look back at and say, wow, that was bad. And it doesn't mean like what really stinks for this is like some years you have the first overall pick and it just doesn't mean you're going to get better. And that's real. So like jobs are going to change. uh, GMs are going to get fired and we're going to look back at this draft in a few years, and everybody's going to say, well, why didn't they pick this guy or that guy that somehow miraculously turns out to be really good? But if you're telling me that Trayvon Walker, if you are willing to roll the dice, and that's exactly what this is, if you're willing to push all in and just turn around and not look at how the blackjack dealer flips the cards, if that's what you're willing to do with the first overall pick, man, I, like any concept that the Raiders should trade up, which I know everybody is in love with, would mean that they're massively in love with the player, and that just is hard for me to see. Like, this is not a fall in love draft. This is a this is a fall in like and learn about yourself in relationship draft. You know, Jason, I think they're not going to trade Darren Wall. They're actually going to trade Max Crosby to get back into the first round. I mean, the, just this, and and look, I, all things can be true because I, I immediately text a couple of guys that I think are pretty reliable and said, "Hey, anything on this?" and there does seem to be some truth to, from what is what people are hearing that he was part of the possibility of the Devontae Adams trade before everybody realized rules don't allow you to involve players in franchise tag uh, trades. So, but that can that can be true. You're trying to acquire Devontae Adams. That's what you have to give up. Suddenly you can't. That can be true, and it doesn't mean that he's on the market now. And I think everybody just needs to understand the difference there. Uh, the, the Raiders have gone all in. So 
now that they've gone all in, why in the hell would they trade one of their best players that makes them capable of going all in this year? Like the, the logic just screams at people that don't pay any attention to the Raiders roster or their transactions this year. Okay, so if they're not in love with someone at 86, you okay with them continuing to trade back? Yes, 100%. In fact, if, if, you tell, if you tell me at the end of this draft that the Raiders didn't make a single pick, I'd be cool with it. Like, that's how crap this draft is. Like, there's still, like, there's going to be talent uh, at guard. There's going to be talent uh, at, at wide receiver available in the third round. But, man, you know, and, and maybe, you can, maybe you can get a Hunter Redford. But we all have to just start acknowledging in life that once you get to the fourth and fifth rounds, it's always a crapshoot. So in a crapshoot draft, you get to the fourth and fifth round. My God, like, good on you for gambling if you got the cash to do it. But if you don't have the cash to do it, don't risk your electric bill on it. And that's what a lot of teams are doing in the first round. Like, if a team takes Malik Willis with the intent of turning their franchise around today, everybody's going to be fired and that kid's possibility is going to be ruined because he needs to sit somewhere for two years. Like, it's that sort of draft. Is there any quarterback you like from this? Like, which quarterback do we look back on and say he's the best from this draft? We look back and say that this was the worst quarterback class in history. <laughs> I, I like, I'm telling you, what, and, and it just sticks in my head. When I asked Malik, is so, so many people's favorite, this is every draft analyst I've talked to, I've asked the same question. If this Malik Willis had been in last year's draft, where would he have been picked? And the best answer I've gotten out of anybody is fifth. So the top quarterback in this year's draft is the fifth best quarterback from last year's draft. Like, I'm not saying, like, maybe Desmond Ritter can turn out to be sort of a serviceable starter, but I talked to one person that knows the playbook incredibly well for Sam Howell in North Carolina and what they were coached to do in North Carolina. This was the play call, find open grass. So the wide receiver has to figure out where they think they're going to be open, and Howell has to wait for that to develop to figure out where to throw the ball. If you can take find open grass as an actual taught concept and turn that into an NFL quarterback, great. But that is an absolute just roll of the dice also. So I, I, just, I, I can't find a single quarterback here that I would want on my roster as anything other than a backup. And I like some of the guys individually. I hope I'm really wrong, but that, that's just where they lie in, in my mind. Did I see on Twitter you're going to play the fiddle down here? Uh, I'm playing the fiddle in, uh, in Nashville. The, oh, in Nashville. Nashville. I thought I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, well, N- Nashville is uh, they're opening up a, the, the largest, I should learn to speak, uh, soccer-only MLS stadium in the country on Sunday. So uh, after my responsibilities are done Friday night, I'll fly to Nashville Saturday and Sunday. I'm playing the national anthem for the opening of the new stadium nice. on ESPN. Should be fun time. Nice. Wow. They picked you? Why'd they pick you? Well, uh, uh, if you want the real answer, Faith Hill turned them down. So, like, I got, I got a text. <laughs> they, said, they said, hey, if Faith wants to do this, we're not really interested. But if not Faith, would you be willing? So, yeah, I was like, yeah, that, that's fair. I, I understand are, that logic. Are you, you're, you're, it's solo fiddle? It's just the fiddle to play the national anthem? Yes, which, by the way, I appreciate your tone, and I'm saying that sarcastically about that. Look, why does everybody, everybody always presume that, like, when a guitar player is going to come out and play it, that it's going to be awesome <laughs> and it's this badass thing? And then when a fiddle comes out to play it, I get this all the time where they're like, it's just you and a fiddle? Yes, which, by the way, is on my right arm, uh, the, the outline of the Raiders shield with the American flag in it oh. from the first time I played it for the Raiders when they were in Oakland. They haven't asked me to do it yet in Vegas, so uh, <laughs> uh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not heard about it, it's okay. I will say that associating with us is part of the, it's not helping. <laughs> well, that's, that's probably fair, you know, that it's, but we have a good time every week, so, you know, I'll take the weekly hang over the uh, once-in-a-lifetime experience of playing <laughs> 
Legion. It's fine. No, it's good. But besides, what we all know realistically is the sound sucks at Legion, so I won't sound as good as I should. That's what I keep telling myself. Uh, I will tell you this. I think I don't remember ever seeing someone live play the fiddle for the national anthem, but I can tell you that every time somebody plays a guitar, I don't like it. I don't oh. like guitar-only national anthems. Well, that's a, I'm sorry that you have poor taste. Uh, no, here's what a lot of guitar <laughs> players do, though. A lot of guitar players decide that they're going to make this big, screaming, screeching rah, 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 thing. Now, I'm, I'm out there to do what the, the anthem is supposed to be done, which is about a minute and a half. You're playing something people can sing along with. You're doing it in a really pretty, pretty way, and you're making sure that everybody says, yeah, that was beautiful. And, by the way, although it was very early in his career and he doesn't remember this, I finished playing it standing on the 50-yard line of the, uh, of the O.co, you know, out in Oakland. And right after I finished, then very young Derek Carr walks up to me, gives me the bro hug and, bro hug and says, that was the best anthem I've ever heard. So I don't know if that's still the case, but uh, D.C., don't block me on Twitter wow. ever because you like my anthem. So, oh, yeah, there's, there's that the wasn't even way. a humble brag. That was just a straight brag, by the way. It was. Like, that was, that was. So, so just to be clear, the, the quarterbacks that have heard you play, Aaron Rodgers was disapproving, and Derek Carr said it's the best anthem he's ever heard. Which is why we all know that Derek Carr is really better than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what we've just come down to as a conclusion. And when people say why, you can just say fiddle and leave it there. And that's like I think people will understand automatically because, you know, I'm kind of a big deal. Well, he is Jason He's Fitz. a big deal of ESPN. <laughs> Catch out his coverage of the draft this entire weekend. Jason, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you guys. Have Take a great care. week. So there is Jason Fitz. I also don't like guitar national anthems, probably because I don't like any national anthems. Like, let's just get to the sporting event that I'm here for. We stand, though. Well, yeah, and it's like, this is a waste of my 90 seconds. We can just play the Are sport, you okay right? with the word knights being screamed during the national anthem? Yes, I actually enjoy that very much. Oh, okay. I, the, the, only, the, the best national anthem that I have ever uh, participated in was at a Dallas Stars game when I was completely unaware that they yell stars during the anthem. And it caught me so much off guard that I almost fell down. <laughs> like, I was still, like, because I had, I was walking back to my seat and was on the stairs. I wasn't actually at my seat when I was standing. And so I kind of almost fell down the stairs because I was not expecting 20,000 people to, to yell the word stars. stars during the anthem. So I, I absolutely enjoy that. The um, Tulane, they do at the end of it, instead of home of the brave, they yell home of the wave. I, I enjoy taking part of your team name and throwing it into the anthem. Okay. It makes it more fun. Yeah, I don't, a better way people it. get all upset about that. I don't take it very seriously. I mean, I now, take the I, anthem seriously, but I don't take those things seriously. I'm like, I do what you got to do. I find it funny when you're at like a UNLV game or it happens at lights game sometimes when yes, there's when like 17 people yes. that try to yell nights and yes. it's like, yeah, it's not going to work here. All right. We've got a giveaway. We've got a fan pack for the new lacrosse team coming to Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. We got a fan pack for you right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. That's 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number five at 702-364-1100. You'll win a Las Vegas Desert Dogs fan pack. You're locked in the press box. Congratulations to Scott. He is going out to see the Colts on May 8th at House of Blues. We're going to have more tickets uh, to that concert to give away later in the week. Also, Kalen won the Las Vegas Desert Dogs fan pack. 
Uh, season tickets for the Las Vegas Desert Dogs are available at LasVegasDesertDogs.com. Owners Wayne Gretzky, Dustin Johnson, Steve Nash, and Joe Sy are bringing professional box lacrosse to Michelob Ultra Arena at Mandalay Bay this December. Season tickets for the Desert Dogs' nine home games are on sale now at LasVegasDesertDogs.com. So we are a day away from the NFL Draft. We have spent a lot of this show talking about how bad the draft is. The guy going number one overall or potentially going number one overall had nine sacks over the course of three seasons. There's no quarterbacks that are expected to be good. The best Uh, quarterback is a let's let him sit for two years. According to Jason Fitz, he shouldn't play until 2029. (laughs) Um, But I'm, I'm reading through a story that Jeremy Fowler of ESPN put out and He's got in here about teams trading up, that the Saints are interested in trading up, that people have been calling Seattle about trading into number nine. And I guess how confident do you have to be in yourself that you're smarter than everybody else when the general consensus is this draft sucks and you're going to trade up in this draft to go get a player? Well, not a shock that there are people in the NFL who think they're smarter than everyone else, or in, or in by and large, all of professional sports. You always have the cockiness and the confidence of some people who think they know better than others, and maybe they do. Maybe they trade up, and we're all wrong, and it's a great pick, and the guy's an incredible player. I don't know. I mean, we're guessing that it's a horrible draft only because who might go number one, but we know there's going to be a player there at 86. <laughs> We we know at eighty six there, there will be a player. There will be a player. Well, we don't know how good the guy's going to be, but there will be a player there at eighty six. <laughs> Should we do that tomorrow? Like all of us come in with a who a player? The, yeah, a player that the Raiders draft at eighty six. <laughs> it's it's just I need I need third round picks. I need third round picks. Yes, yeah. yes. We will be uh, furiously googling seven full seven round mock drafts to figure out Adam Hill's mock draft. Did he do a seven-rounder? No, I believe he did the first round. Okay. Right. Why in God's name would you do a seven-rounder seven for the There newspaper? have been a lot of stories about possible 86. Possible. Possible 86. Yeah, whatever. Who, How bad do you got to be if the press you're getting is as like a, as a prospect is you're going to go in the 86. third? Hey, you got to be pretty good. I'm still hoping Armani Rogers gets picked as a tight end somewhere. Let's go trade Darren Waller and draft Armani Rogers Raiders. Let's go. Let's Is that your hot take? Fun. Is he going to get drafted? I don't know. I keep seeing people tweet about him possibly, but it seems more like a, a undrafted free agent signs with a team and how, tries to stick that way. How high does the San Diego State punter go? Oh, man. Third round? Huh? Does somebody... Thir- 86. 86th. Does somebody <laughs> Listen, take him in Cole. the third round? Maybe. I... I hope third rounder early. I hope he goes day one or day two. Oh, that'll, that'll, be, that'll be the most fun part. He's the best yeah. player in the draft. We know that. 